Welcome back to the farmstead. We're glad you're here. Pull up a chair and rest your heels, and let's talk about large family living on the homestead. Let's get after it. Let's do it. So if you're uh, tuning in, we're just hanging out. Uh, we're going to record a podcast tonight and figured let's try to shoot a little video at the same time or do a Facebook Live and yeah. uh, try something a little bit different. So uh, now the problem is, is we're not so tech savvy to actually know how to do any of this so we're just going to fake it till we make it okay so dustin thompson said holy smokes it's probably because i look really tired yes i am very <laughs> tired it's been long it's been Greg's a long 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 day um and uh, then mark smith says hey man nick hey mark nick says hello um hey, oh mom's watching eric's watching okay so we've Let's got see. I've got my phone. I got the charger on. We've got. All right, so give me just give me a mic check on your mic, Suze. Mic check, check, mic check. Okay, you look good. Okay. Test, test one, two. All right, well we got our mic set up, our normal uh, podcast uh, rig ready to go. Yeah. You know, I think what are we talking about? Well, one of the fun things I think about doing (laughs) all this is not knowing exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, and we're not shy. We're not trying to pretend we're Oh, I'm shy. Professional uh, That's why I'm okay with this being. Thing. Okay, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this pulled up too. So I'm not too terribly far behind where folks are gonna catch up and get on here. Uh, we'll see if my Amish internet can keep up with the live stream. Oh, that's, oh, that's oh, the Nick. thing. I uh, hope so, Nick. How do we uh, Okay, Mark says sounds great. Uh, oh, oh wow. For okay, first so look watching. At this. All right, this is like this is freaky. What? This is like, you ever seen one of those like picture videos uh-huh. where it's like a video and it zooms in, then it zooms in on the same thing it's zooming in and it's like a never ending like zooming loop? Uh-huh. Like what if we did this? Zoomed in on us zooming in on zooming in. Is, that a zo- is there a zoom loop there? No. Oh, it's froze. Oh, Can't it's be. behind. Oh, it's actually behind. It's like back to the future button rewind. Well, we do have slightly Mennonite um, internet, so yeah, we're lucky. To we're still on the. All. all right, so our, the questions are probably going to be, uh, and the response might be. Oh, Christopher said nope. There is no Zoom. There is no Zoom. No, no Zoom to be had. All right. Well, I'm going to set this right here. So you I guess what we'll do is we'll try to check suspenders. back in every now and again on the Facebook thing there, and uh, I'll try to keep about paying attention that. on that because I can't see the screen over there uh, without my glasses on. So yeah. uh, since I forgot those upstairs, we're going to we look just, just as ugly it. on that screen as we do in person. Oh so. man, do I look ugly? Oh, you tired? Look, you look beautiful. Um, you've been you've been busy. This you, you've you've taken on a whole new uh, set of skills here. My neck right the here. Homestead. I've got a crick in my neck right there from looking up at the siding, trying to nail at the same time and not go blind from sun. And any other thing that's trying to attack me as it hits the siding. I don't know, hog wrangling, bush hogging. There's lots of things. Siding hanger. Just today that we did. (laughs) Not to mention, uh, you know, running a family in the homestead. Yeah. And then all the rest of stuff, laundry and dishes and keeping kids alive and happy and fed and educated. You sound like a pretty busy woman. Eric Rosendahl says, hey guys. Hey, Eric. Hey, buddy. Well... I guess it's about time we probably get going here. Yeah, do I kind of like just looking back here because look, all these, there's all these guitars hanging up, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Did you put new strings on that one? 
Which one? This one? Yeah. I think I think I did. Let's see. Is that the one that was Nate Nate was using? This is an this is an old one. This one has little uh you won't be able to see him from there, but it's got a little teeth mark on here. When Nate was a baby, I'd I'd put him on my lap, like yay. And he'd sit here and he would just no. kind of chew along, yeah. It was the teeth and guitar. Right. I guess for a second here, let's see what these strings sound like. Mark Smith says, pour me a glass of wine, Greg. <laughs> I've oh, got cold coffee. There's plenty. Yeah. Uh, we're like we're like the wrong, we're the, we're the wrong speed of hillbilly tonight. We're drinking coffee. Uh, trying, to st trying to stay awake enough to get cold. through. Mine's cold. The coffee pot turned off. Mine's pretty cold, too. I don't know, but these strings sound pretty good. Joe Baker. Uh, let's see. Josh Lane. Josh Lane's there. Uh, Joe Baker says, hi, Burns family. Sean's watching. Oh, you get the intro music, Christopher. <laughs> so you said, do we get the intro music? There you go. sound strings yeah i think they sound great had that ovation for quite a long time nate's now ready to try to figure out how to do that and all that good stuff so yeah those are some lightweight nine nine gauge strings on there some elixirs on that so <laughs> give him a dustin thompson said some people pay good money for cold coffee you're right i should have just put ice cubes in it <laughs> oh if i put my feet up here you can see how barefoot we are that's scary but look at this way can you see oh here now you can't see my barefootness that's better all right. Well, I'll let you just be in charge of the uh, the Facebook. Uh, Jeremy Hill says more cowbell. More cowbell. Josh, and Josh, I don't know how Josh. to say his last name, says tell Greg to look at my hand. Look at his hand? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, uh, what, what? oh, Josh Lane wants you to play the banjo. I don't banjo? know how to play that thing. I don't know how to play any of these. I am not musically talented whatsoever. I can barely tap oh. my toe. So everything that the kids know came from him. Which is a good and bad thing. Josh Lane went like. Ooh, the intro on banjo. And now I hear kid feet. They're probably oh, thinking dads. Yeah, yeah, we tried to get kids situated tonight. Yeah. But uh, bribed them to watch a movie. If you, we'll if you see. hear stomping and screaming and crying and popcorn being thrown across the living room, Tyler we says tried. howdy there, friends. Hi, Tyler. Hey, buddy. And Josh told me how to spell, uh, sound out his last name, which is Conwinsky. Is that oh, right? Oh, yeah. I just seen. I just up uh, out in Pennsylvania visiting him and Aaron. He he plays it. He picks a little bit too. We're gonna try to get together sometime and pick and hang out and all that. Cool. It's a beekeeper out that way. Nice. Yep. Very cool. Well, I said there's probably enough people on to 
Let's see get us ramble to it. on. So what we're going to do is we're going to record uh, a regular episode yep. for the podcast, but figure, hey, let's uh, have some video roll at the same time and <laughs> kind of be... Uh, <laughs> Nick said free bird. <laughs> free bird! Uh, I do, actually, I, I, I did pick up a new glass slide. Uh, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yeah. You have to have a live just so that you can show off your musical abilities. Nah, no, that's that's fine. I just I just makes me look impressive having Which everything hanging up behind of. here. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Well it's been busy around here, uh and It's never a dull moment, of course you guys all know that. If you've ever been here you know it's, there's never a dull moment. No, no. And we don't stop moving until we sleep. Yep. And I uh try to make sure to get at least a couple hours of sleep. Because there's always so much to do around here. Well, you know, here's the thing. Fall, I think, is here. And we have had to stop work by 7.45 or 8 o'clock every night because... It's too dark. It's too dark to do anything, which is super weird because you just notice that all of a sudden when you are working outside and you can't see much in front of you. Well, it's not like we're just like taking the trash out or no, no, no. Washing yeah, the no, carts, we're talking like I was trying to get the or moving yeah. cows to a new paddock or yeah. something where you need a little bit of light. It's kind of handy. There you know? was one night. Was that last week? Now or maybe it was the weekend. Anyway, I think it was last week. There was one night last week when I was pulling weeds into the dark and um, Greg couldn't see me, Annie, or Jake in the garden. I was pulling weeds taller than I was um, just to try to get to the potatoes. I thought you guys might not out there snipe hunting. And I still haven't like, pulled the potatoes. What are these rascals doing out there that dark? <laughs> oh, Liz is watching. Hey, two of my favorite people. I'm glad I'm one of your favorite people, I hope. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, okay, okay. Get back to it. All right. It's Keep easy. me on track. Well, it's see, easy. See, we're easily it's easy to distracted. Get distracted. Maybe that's why we're we're always got, got so many things going on. Is because we just can't seem to see one of them through all the way. I can. You can't. That's true. Yes, yeah. I'm the task master. I do he get that scroll dog syndrome where it's yeah. onto one thing. It seems Bird. like it seems like though around here we have like a category of uh, of GSD to where if we're trying to get something done. The first thing we look at, is there a human life that's going to be affected? And yeah. if no, we move on to the next thing. Is there an animal life that's going to be affected? No, then we go on to the next thing. Is right. there a, a plant life or uh, anything else that might be affected? And if the answer is no, then we can start back over at the list again. If we happen to get through that list and everything's cool, then then it's we actually have the, the list of things to, to actually do around here. So we kind of put out those fires and then start going through the things that... Uh, need to be done and try to plan those a lot towards the weather you said hey fall's coming what are you seeing around here that is like an indicator that falls on its way uh well first off in for for the most part what we've noticed is of course um the sun is going down way earlier um it was hot as hades on the south side of the house um when we were trying to do some work there but also the goldenrod Goldenrod's on, isn't it? It's so different this year. I am not a fan of goldenrod, and it is messing with our allergies, so we're using nettle and other things. Oh, Josh Kowinski would love you to hear you say that. Because you know, actually, did you know that's actually not the goldenrod that affects your allergies? It's the ragweed that's blooming at the same time as goldenrod? Well, ragweed is bad, and when I was stomping it and yanking it out of the garden so I could get to the potatoes that still need pulled, um, by the way... I yeah, we're behind the hills there. We the don't have our potatoes dust and da- whatever it is, the dusty stuff coming off of the, the ragweed that was just like covering me. Um, and Jake, 
who was helping me putting it into a pile that oh it's terrible if i were to put it if i would have stacked all those weeds up they would have been taller than me yeah which isn't hard to do but still there was a lot of weeds that we were pulling so anyway goldenrod ragweed um ironweed is that what the one ironweed yep yeah that's there is the purple Mm -hmm. flower thing right um anyway uh and I'm noticing, like, already there's leaves falling to the ground. Oh, They're turning yellow turning and falling. Yellow, the falling. oaks are losing their green. Yeah, and, the you know. The sassafras are turning red. It's, uh, what's in the mug? Oh, coffee, Kurt. Uh, Kurt Henry said, oh, what's in the mug? Probably can't, can you, you probably can't see up there. Uh, up, let's see. On the shelf. This way? Oh, you can't see that hand. We can't, yeah. Well, we can't. I don't know. Can you see this hand? If you can see, whoop. Let's that see. way okay, towards you can Greg see me on wave, that show. Say, yeah, I don't. I don't think you can't. I think I'm off no, camera you're now. off camera there. Well, up this way is a whole uh, whole it's big bookshelf of books and uh, smart looking things, including a bunch of wine and mead from all kinds a bunch of, cool of people, people that make and send us stuff and stuff that we've made on the shelf there. So I'm not drinking anything tonight. Uh, no cold to, coffee. Not be too terribly bad on this keto thing that we've been cheating on, yeah. uh, but. Uh, so yeah, it's it's coffee, and it's not even like we were able to make uh, like fresh coffee, coffee for tonight. It's like no. it was coffee that was left over from dinner time. Yeah, that's just it, it's you know, give us a little extra boost here. Yeah, so so fall's coming. Fall's you're seeing coming. it in the trees. You're seeing it in the flowers. Um, first thing in the morning when the dew is still on, that we're, we're putting a an addition on the little house that we have uh, and so it's a we got a metal roof that we put on everywhere and so in the morning we try not to do the roof work because it's wet and there's dew on it's slippery yeah but it's nice and cool Dangerous, yeah. and as soon as it gets to like 11 you know 10 11 o'clock all the dew gets burnt off and the sun comes out and the last few days it's been like scorching hot on top of a metal roof to where you can't even touch the roof with, with your hand it hurts yeah here in ohio it it went from we had all of the windows open for almost two weeks. Yep. And day and night. Day and night. No no matter what time it was, we were we had the windows open and we'd have fans on, but I mean not air conditioning running and, and night it was oh beautiful sleeping weather. And so it was like tent camping or camper weather, you know, it was perfect and that's what it felt like in the house was like you were sleeping in the camper. Um it was just perfect weather for sleeping and um and then these last couple days have been psych it's summer again oh, yes. it's it's beginning like ridiculously Second summer hot. for a few days and then it'll start to cool off again so we, we took a break today and got off got off the roof we got the metal roof done we're we're hanging siding and if you ever have done any kind of siding work you know you there's all kinds of these really goofy uh channels and pieces under sills and, and double under sills and J's and all this weird goofy stuff so the siding can go up and uh, get up in and, and stay put and so we're hanging over this, the roof edge to do that because it, right Not now me. where we're at it's, it's a really steep pitch uh, down from the house and so getting on a ladder up there it's, it's kind of hard because you can only reach so far and I don't, don't feel like digging out scaffolding right now to, well, to try to so get that flat his to life work. insurance policy is bigger than mine I stay on the ground see and Smart. she's um, the brains I'm just i just the grunt work. i it and make sure everything's cool and also i don't like heights like that i can get on a ladder um okay but to be on the roof it just ever since i've had the twins like i can't swing on a swing and not get 
feel really that's one of the weird things about doing all that you know all this stuff we've never done before yeah and so i can remember when we were setting walls and rafters and ridge beams uh like i was and i'm still afraid of heights well i guess it's not the heights it's the sudden fall at the bottom i guess that gets you but i I just my i just i mean i'm i just like if i stand next to a flagpole and i look up my stomach turns i'm just i've got a sissy stomach um, and so getting on top of the, you know, learning, uh, you know, that you, you have to do all these things. Like you have to walk rafters and carry lumber while you're walking rafters and, you know, carry uh, 16 foot sheets of sheet metal up and you, you just, you get used to it. And next thing you know, you're walking across it. It's like a, it's second nature. You so and Jake kind of are really good Jake's at doing really that. Good on top of Nathan there. and I both have the same um, uh, disability um, when it comes to heights and not being able to feel comfortable with our knees not yeah. clapping together. But well, we all so, can't be on the roof anyways. You need no, spotters and, and you know, yeah, keep we, an eye out. I'm holding the ladder when throw he's... Throw material, whatever Yeah, that I mean, is. you were hanging windows um, on this side that we're finally siding and I was just spotting with the, you know, holding the ladder and Jake's on the other side, you know, leveling. And so, I mean, there's, there's always a job for somebody to do that cannot be up high, but, um, we don't all need to be up there anyway. Nope. So it's nice. Cause we're seeing a lot of these things, uh, through we had a lot of help from uh your mom and jeff were out to help us get the rest of the sheathing up uh help us get some windows framed in we're just about uh done we're kind of we we've are trying to everything that we can do to make sure that we get the kids into the bedrooms uh before christmas it's like a solid goal that we have in mind so we're having to like cut back on a lot of things that we would normally be doing in october uh and just overall um you know fall fun kind of things we're like really buckling down to yeah. try to make sure we get our goals met. Um, and then, you know, we want to get everything dried in to where it's not, you know, weather's not going to affect it. So we're right now we've got the, the roof on uh, everywhere that's critical. We've got uh, siding, the new siding on about a quarter of the house. We're getting ready to wrap around. Uh, so here in a couple of days, we should have the, the, all the siding up, uh, most of all the windows in. And then real soon, we're inside hanging, uh, running electric. Uh, insulation, drywall, which is my least favorite thing, paint, and then the thing that I can do easy is flooring. So we're getting close. Er. Closer. I think we, we're seeing the the small, teeny, tiny, dim light at the end of the tunnel that says, you're going to get there. We just can't lose sight of it. Yeah. And, you know, like he said, there's a lot of things we've not done this year or are not going to be able to do in the months coming up because um, we are having to really stay focused. If we lose sight of that and take, you know, a day or two to do this fun thing or a day or two to do that fun thing, those days add up to a week or more. And then that in turn, you know, may may throw us off our Christmas goal. Big time. And, And our Christmas goal was, you know, let's take the kids, give them new beds, and you know, like the Christmas will be beds and bedrooms. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so that'll be, you know, we're we're trying to really push towards that goal and still do homeschool, still do work, um, still do all the things that we have to do on a normal daily basis, and squeeze in the hours that it takes, you know, the days and hours that it takes, and we can't just work on weekends no. to do yeah. um, this edition ourselves. So. It's been a lot. 
So we're, we're making some good progress on that. And then, like everything else on a homestead, there's 18 million irons uh, going on, on on three fires. And so we're kind of b- trying to balance uh, all those things out. So uh, since probably the, I don't know if we mentioned it in the last podcast or not. Podcast? I feel like the word sounds weird now. Podcast? That's how you say it, right? Podcast? You ever like say something and then it sounds weird? And you're not sure if that's if it's actually a word or the right way to say it? Um, only mostly because of being dyslexic. I think That's I say weird. everything wrong. It's kind of like one of those weird deja vu things, but with a word. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the cows. I think we might have mentioned it before, but 163 and 165 are uh, our Dexter cows. Uh, we took those in and had them butchered. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've been enjoying the beef um, off of those. Definitely a way different type of a of a beef if anyone's uh, has had uh, you know standard store beef. It's that a, must it's a be lot a different for you. What's that? Yeah, standard store beef. So yeah. standard store beef, you're going to get a lot more. You know, you're you go. Oh, hey, I want some eighty twenty because I need to make meatloaf or seventy five twenty five or whatever. Oh, 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 no, no, no. I'm watching my fat intake, so I need ninety ten or ninety five whatever. Um, that's you don't you don't really go to the butcher and go hey I'm bringing in my Dexter can I you make sure you grind me eighty twenty, um and so it's different. It's you know they're they're tiny. The, the, you can't the, guarantee only, you're going to get only, an eighty twenty on like your you package drop pounds. Them off and they look at the cow and they're thinking uh, how old's this cow and it's like well it's over two years old and it's still this tiny you're like oh. Yeah, they just you know they just you know okay you, okay <laughs> you get your so invoice you get, you get yeah you, you get a butcher and it, it, it's different you know it's like you know deer has a certain venison has a certain uh, folks call it a gaminess but it, it's a it's the result of their diet so a lot of vegetation yeah uh, a lot of, lot of you know greenery in their diet so deer has a kind of a stronger grass um, kind of a flavor. Now, this or beef, whatever they this eat. beef is the same way. I know the the uh, the Angus that we butchered, along with the hills and everybody few else. Years ago, yeah, yeah, a couple years ago was a was a grass fed, grass finished uh, Angus, and it was you know a different um, different taste. Yeah. He was he was only about a year old, so he wasn't you know quite mature enough to put on all the heavy marbling. So he was very lean, a little bit tough. Um, the the different kind of a meat. Um, but it's you know super good for you. A lot, a lot of good things going on um, with you know that quality. These Dexter are the same thing. We've never fed them grain. The grain no. they did, well, that's not true. The grain that they've gotten is just uh, every now and again, maybe once friendly. or twice, a handful. So in order to keep yeah. a, a, an animal friendly towards you versus um, actually making it a part of their diet. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a train them to, to to hand. So when we're gonna handle them, they they'll, they'll load by themselves. We can move them around easily. Um, or so. that they're so attracted to the grain you do have because they get it so infrequently that they load. <laughs> right. So one sixty so one sixty three and one sixty five. That was our first pair of Dexters. Yeah. Uh, they calved. They have two uh, two calves at our place now that are actually aren't calves. They're almost also. Uh, well, they're, oh, yeah, eight, they're, they're 18 cool. months old, right? Because they were a year in March, uh, some more, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So they're they're 17 months old, and uh, they're just, they are tiny. I mean, they are, if, if it weren't bad enough that Dexter's were tiny, yeah. these ones are half the size of the tiny ones. Yeah. Um, and so it turns out that the the 163 and 165 were actually bred with a bull that has a dwarfism gene so we what we end up having now is miniature dexters uh which is great uh 
for lots of things. Um, but our primary goal for them was to be uh, mowers and then turn them into beef, not to overwinter them. So uh, we have sold those two off, and we'll deliver those out here in about two weeks. Yeah. And um, So the farm will be being mowed by Greg. Uh, right. A little and, bit more mowing by me. Yeah. Uh, there's still going to be animals that are going to be doing a lot of work. but Just not over the winter, though. Right. And that's where, because we, we um, really pushed in the spring um, to get, I'm sorry, it, was it the spring yeah, or the was, fall? No, it was the spring. This, this spring. This spring. To get the winter paddock yeah. finished. Oh, no, that was, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about getting the um, all the, the, the rotational grazing and, and how heavy we were uh, getting them moved around. And you know, last fall... Uh, after really after uh, October roast, yeah, we had a bunch of folks help us uh, get the winter paddock in, which held everybody inside of hard fencing right. over the winter. Over right. the winter, so we, so we we still have that, um, but we're kind of we need a break. We need a little bit of break. There's a lot of things going on right now, and so we need to be as as critterless as we possibly can um, over the winter, so we can focus again on some other things going into the spring, so we can see those take off and do well. Yeah. So today. Uh, we took in five old spot hogs into the processor. Yeah. And so you might have seen the videos and the photos there. That was today. Um, those pigs did great. They they were great. Those came from? Steve Hedrick down at Mound View Farm. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're good little pigs. Yeah. Uh, they, They've been great. They foraged well. When we first got them, they were really heavy rooters. As they got a little bit bigger, they slowed back on how, on how hard they rooted. Uh, but as you can recall, maybe in the, in the uh, previous episodes, uh, what we did is ran the cows and pigs through the, the new orchard area to yep. get that turned over, fertilized, and cleared. And it's beautiful right now. It's, it's ready for us to uh, get in there, get some work done, uh, the final steps, and get it ready for the, for the orchard planting. Yeah, which is good. Um, if we can make time to do that. Yep. So we'll see um, how well we meet that goal this year. Right. Um, yeah, that might be a spring thing. Yep. I we might know. just get the get the the the, 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 the cover seat down, uh, get the ground ready to go, get the rows laid out, and then in spring plant them in. Um, worst case, right now we've got all the we've hundreds of trees that we've grafted. There's a, it's in nursery beds. They're fine. They're gonna do. Find yeah, where they're at. Fine. I'd like to get them in this fall. Hopefully, we can make it happen. If not, then there's the spring. We can't. You can't do all the things all the time that you want to do. So you got to kind of divide and conquer and, and see what kind of makes sense. But the pigs were great in those areas because they just totally got rid of all the multiflora, all the brambles, um, got everything uh, turned over, rototilled. You know, with the hog tillers there, and then we got them moved out into the woods where they finished on. Uh, well, the, the hickories were falling in like July, and the beets were in like August, yeah. uh, the first part of uh, of September, and um, the what are those one pin oak? The, oak? the oaks are oaks are still are falling. Those so are falling. They've, they're, they're they're getting a smorgasbord. I keep hearing of, of, things. I'm trying to yeah. think of what I'm hearing falling from what trees. Um, the first real ones that would scare you, you have on metal the metal roof. roof. Yeah, on the, on the workshop. <laughs> you have metal roof and you have those like Those were the hickories. Those, those, those hickory came early. Yep. You, they, they hit and you think, oh, what was that? And then the walnuts, which the are walnuts. even bigger, those start raining down everywhere. And, that's, and then, then the oaks. Yeah. So we had some beech and oak. So right now, oaks are still dropping. Yeah. Um, and so the pigs are just loving it, going through the woods, cleaning everything up, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. So those, those, it's probably going to be the best pork that we've had probably to date 
just because of how well that the tree crops actually were uh, they were all getting good. them finished out. Those pigs looked really good, uh, getting them sent in. Um, and they were nice and long. I'm excited long. for the bacon. They, they, were, uh, they were longer than I thought. They, most old spots that you see are real frumpy. Yeah, they have a real, kind of a humpy back, the real just frumpy, big fatso, uh, real heavy on the lard. Um, <laughs> and these guys were a lot leaner, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I don't really like the big frumpy lard pigs. I like more of a long, uh, uh, long loin for to get the extra pork chops and the long belly for the Everybody bacon. Everybody wants bacon, right? There's there's always plenty of fat on a hog to do all the things that we want to oh, do. Yeah. So to having a hog that that converts. Uh, feed into extra fat on t- on for back fat is not something that uh, I'm real excited about, and the old spots are kind of notorious for that. Um, but these this this line that uh, Steve Hedrick and his wife have been raising for uh, 20 years, what it's a long time. Yeah, I don't they're know. They're just they're super hardy, and they're they're it's a little bit it's a difference. It's true older style old spot. Um, so we've we've really enjoyed them. Good temperament. Uh, we were we were bucket feeding them every day for a while, got them big, and then uh, got them in a bulk feeder, which they end up using less feed, uh, raising them at a when they have free choice out of a bulk or the the bulk feeder or the wood. So that's been kind of cool. Right. Uh, we you know we feed them non-GMO grain, uh, and then they they work for their the rest of their, their their food in the forest there. Yep. So that that's been that's been pretty cool. But today was their, uh, you know, they don't really have a one bad day. It's like they've got a one bad moment. Um, per se, right. We learned that trick from Mark Shepard about putting the uh, livestock trailer, you know, where your paddock is, and start feeding them out of it for a little while uh, yeah. to get them trained. That uh, you can check out our YouTube channel, uh, the Contrary Farmstead. There's a video on uh, the stress-free way that we raise uh, the, the stress-free way to to uh, load livestock. Yeah, um, it's and made it makes it a very huge nice. difference. It's nice not to be you know when you're first you know working with animals on a homestead, you're nervous. You're you're we had no clue you, 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 you lose sleep the night before. You wake up. You, you don't really know. You're afraid the pigs aren't going to load or the cows or whatever that it is. You're, you're you don't know what you don't know what to expect. You're afraid. You think that they need special ramps and all these kind of things to get them. Um, and there's like there's really simple ways that old timers have done it forever. It's just feed them out of a trailer, you know, for a week or ten days, and then they load themselves. Unless you are a procrastinator and you don't put it in there 10 days early. And then We've done that. You've done that. Um, Susan told you to well, do I like it to, earlier. I like to be inclusive here. <laughs> so I like to place the blame equally. Your procrastination <laughs> cannot involve me in that one because I said move the trailer and get it done. And um, that one time that you didn't do it, it bit you in the butt and you had to call the the lady and say yep. i'm sorry We're i couldn't short. get my pigs to load yep. and we didn't have time to butcher that hog but we, no. had, we, we did you know we, we butchered it and so uh, so anyway but yeah so six so, days seems like it's not enough no. seven days sometimes is okay but Depends if you just pigs. just and and we have um you know, the, the, ten days. we've done it lots of different ways, but we have like uh, where one of the gate entry areas is for the hogs. We back up the trailer right to it, and so we, it's all closed off to where they can't get, they can't escape. And then we feed them right out of the trailer, and they, they just they hop right on. Uh, and so that usually works out really well. Ten days, it seems like it's it it's it's, it's like the the magic time. It's a couple days longer than than usually they need, except when you have that one straggler. We had this one big boy, and I, that goofball just didn't want to get on there he would stretch as far as he could but he has this really long heavy belly oh, talk about a lazy pig and he, he just, just doesn't want to lift his back leg up one inch to set yep. it on the trailer and so today everybody you know, those pigs they heard us up coming up the driveway 
and they were already on the trailer before we even had feed. Yep. So four of them got on, and I closed the partition in the, in the 16-foot trailer. So they were already, you know, that there was like, maybe, I maybe put four handfuls of feed, and they were just, they blew right by them. They don't care. Nope. And then Big Boy just, he he just didn't want to do it. And so I put a little feed up just a little bit further than he could reach. And then once he got up in there, we closed up the livestock gate right up to him. And we made some sorting boards out of our spare uh, wall spare sheeting scraps. here from that. Yeah. Huh? Made some, some boards to kind of, uh, you know, push, push on them. And then right when he was about ready to lean in there, I just grabbed one ear and grabbed one tail and just lift up gently and push in. And that was it. Yeah. And he Super easy. He, it would have been like if you pushed him with your knee, he made the same sound as he did, the, you know, when they don't want to be touched, they don't want to be touched. What do, you th- what do you think they weigh right now, live weight? I have no clue. See, I'm really bad at guesstimating weight. Yeah. So, I don't know. You're always really good at doing that, and I'm just horrible. I'd say they're probably right around 325 or so. Three. I was going to say 300, I don't know. Yeah, 325. I have no clue. You take a 325-pound pig, it ain't going to do anything it doesn't want to do. No. So, feeding them out of a trailer, gently coercing them in, or you just have to nut, that's awesome. That's, that's you yeah, know. Yeah, Josh, Josh says stress-free is the way to go. Stress-free, it, it totally is. It is, and it's... Yeah, he it's knows. He's, he's, he's raised animals. Has he? Yep. It, whether it's uh, your, your chickens, turkeys... Heck, maybe even your goldfish. I don't know. Oh, but, Carla's watching before she goes to. I don't know if she goes to bed or not. So, love you, sister. She's watching. When the animals are aren't stressed out and freaking out, yeah, right before they get killed, they're not releasing all those those the, the fear, uh, the the the, the uh, hormones. I don't know if, it's, if there's pheromones, um, but it seems to it seems to just it's be str- different. Just imagine just the stress that the rigidness of a body. You know when they're stressed out, and all the all the chemicals released when your your like your fight or up. flight yeah you know happens. It's the same thing, and so when you don't stress the pigs out because you're not making a big deal over the same thing that happens every day that that in that ten day stretch they're going in, they're getting loaded, you know, and so the only thing that may or may not stress them out is that then they take a trip. You know, they they take a drive, and our butcher's really close, so they take a drive really close, and you know, they unload and they get more feet again. So it works out. I mean, it just keeps it, everything calm and easy. Yeah, uh, and, and relaxed. So. so that was today. That was the pigs. So the pigs are in. They're done. Yeah. Uh, That's one thing checked off the list. I know when we're on there on the roof doing the addition first thing in the morning, and when night when it starts to get cool and moist out, the bee yard. Is right there next to the house, and yeah. all you can smell is goldenrod. Well, and normally I'm not a big. I that was the first signs of fall, you know, the goldenrod, ragweed, all that good stuff. Um, I I'm not a big fan of goldenrod. Um, that in that yellow rocket, whatever that stuff is, right. both of them usually the one in the spring seizes my throat up, and it's just if I get the a whiff, we were we were we hit a huge patch at a, a local park. You know the goldenrod doesn't affect your allergies, right? Goldenrod hasn't, but it's the yellow rocket stuff that was, um, last spring yeah. I took the kids on a walk and I thought I was going to choke to death. I actually thought I was choking. My like well, my throat you know, was closing. Sneezeweed, butterweed does affect your allergies. That and that's, that's on not, right before goldenrod is. And so I, I bet some folks maybe confuse those two because they're both yellow. I don't want to wonder if if. You know, I'm not sure. All I know is, um, this year, 
everything smells so much different. It smells warm and like buttery. Yeah, not well. Well, I would not say buttery as much as like 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 honey, like sweet right. smelling. Um, and normally I don't. I wouldn't say that because you go right from like fall, you know, um, the goldenrod and all that to like leaves dying, and then all you smell is mold. <laughs> Like yeah. dying leaves, which is okay too. It's fall, but those are the two things I noticed about fall. Is, is that they is smell it like the, that. The goldenrod smell. The bee yard smells different this year than it did last year. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. When we were working on the the side of the house that we got done uh, two days ago, it I just kept getting these like waft, you know, these big wafts of like, wow, that smells. It smells awesome. like the inside of a beehive, but outside, like it's yeah. it's warm and waxy. Uh, yeah, and that, sweet yeah. and warm smelling, where most of the time golden sweaty socks smell. Now, so, and usually it's like pumpkin spice to us beekeepers. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like sometimes the last couple years the goldenrod has just been dankier. Yeah, I mean, it's it just has been. been. Uh, so we've noticed it smells different this year. Kind of smelling and not maybe, like a hive beetle smell. Well, uh, the death side, but it has just like a, a like a sweet gym sock but not to where you smell like when i'm out there it's almost intoxicating right now it's it like smells I so can, good I, it reminds in the past it's not like of that like burning a real beeswax candle right yeah just that because it's been really hot here is it was 90 the other day i wonder if moisture has something to do with that so i'm it's wondering been so dry. it's been so dry here we've had we've been really really lucky because of taking all kinds of siding off old siding off and then having to recite it we've had no rain which has been amazing for us because we've been trying to get so much done on the siding um, and haven't been slowed down for days of rain. But on the other hand, I'm wondering if that uh, really warm, sweet, uh, waxy smell, you know, honey wax smell is, are the hives hot, so hot that they are like producing that aroma on the outside and we're just smelling it because of the wind the way the wind blows that's the way the like a storm would come in or the wind would blow up that way um right towards that side of the house we were working on but uh, i'm not complaining it's been nice um smelling all that while we've been outside working because josh is on here maybe he uh kowinski he's a he's a bee wizard maybe he knows it it seems like you know when bees turn nectar into honey they're evaporating the moisture off Mm-hmm. And I don't wonder if goldenrod smells stronger in most times of the year when there's more moisture around, or they there there's more maybe a higher moisture content in the in in the hive while they're working it off, and maybe it smells a little bit different oh. than this year because it, because it is so dry. That makes sense. I don't uh, know. Maybe not. I, maybe, maybe maybe has nothing. It to just do with reminds it. me of like when I've when I remember you brought me home. You'd bartered with somebody, and you brought me home these amazing hand dipped. Um, yeah, beeswax you know, candles. beeswax candles, and we burnt them in my big, um, tall, um, half gallon mason jars, and they smelled our living room up. I mean, our living room smelled phenomenal. Yeah, it's and nice. that's what it reminds me of is, is that candle. Yeah. it smells so good. I'm not complaining. It's been nice to be. It's not been nice to be outside sweating. Me personally, sweating, and um, the bee yard is making me smell better i think <laughs> or just not smell my <laughs> it's so so hot yeah. it's been so hot the last two days we need to get out there uh we've been uh and we're not, i'm not too proud to admit it we've really neglected the bee yard the last three weeks or so four weeks greg's been wanting to take a break and do that and i keep saying let's stay the course stay the course let's get this done because we've had 
so many things. Um, at this point, we have several steps that have to be done quickly. Like you, you don't take siding, old existing siding off and then just leave an exposed wall um, for fear of rain. Not on purpose. <laughs> Not on purpose. And so those few days that it took to get the siding off, prep the wall, get new sheeting on and house wrap on it and recite it. We were like, okay, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. We've got to get this done because if we get rain, it it could uh, ruin things. So the weather's been been it's great. Been, it's been so. great to work in a bee yard, but it's also been great weather to get the things done that we need. We need 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 to get done. I've snuck out a couple times <laughs> just to check up on the things <laughs> on on some of the, the the splits. I made a bunch of splits. Uh, earlier where then we had a ton of rain um, and then the rain seemed to wash out all the nectar that was available um, and then it went into a dearth and then we had lots and lots of robbing going on and I lost yeah. a bunch of splits um, that never uh, never actually took off and then hive beetles uh, kind of come in and they just go to town so um, we end up selling a, a bunch of queens and nukes uh, and I probably sold more queens than I should have because I wanted to get my numbers up to about 100 hives before uh, going into, into the summertime. Um, and then a bunch of those splits didn't take. And then I still kept selling queens and nukes. So I, I don't, I don't at to. this point, I don't, I don't have, I have no idea what's out there. We probably have 40 to 50 hives, I would think, that, that are probably looking pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, which is a tremendous amount, especially compared to last year. So we'll keep, you know, building those up. Um, and then it, it's more than we you started over, with. We were way over 100 hives all year long. Um, it was just—it's been fun to have the market and have the folks um, to support us uh, to, to be set, to be able to sell that kind of um, you know that that many bees um, while we're starting off our apiary and getting things kind of um, uh, you know built out. So we've you know I the bee yard would be in much better shape if if I would have been able to to have uh, to be able to make more time to be out there. Um, but it's a, it's always a balance, you know, and so the trade-off is getting this addition as far as it is. So I'd like to be able to get out uh, this weekend uh, and, and pull whatever honey uh, might be available. Um, and then because some, some of those hives that might need treated, um, um, and if they need treated, I like to get get my honey off first, um, and then take a look at it. if they need treated. You know, we're not using you know crazy um, harsh chemicals. Uh, if we treat those, it's with oxalic acid, which is a naturally occurring um, acid. It's in spinach and rhubarb and comfrey and on and on. We, you know, we we eat that every day. Um, so that that I, I feel good about using that, and, it, and it's it's pretty effective. Um, on on the varroa mite, when you use yeah. it three and four weeks in a row this time of year, yeah, because it only attacks the phreatic mite, which is the mite that's on the outside of the bee. Uh, it's not going to do anything on the, that's uh, on the mites that are capped underneath of the cells. I do have uh, mite away strips that help penetrate the the wax cappings, which would uh, take care of mites that are inside of the cell. But the stuff is just harsh. I, I hate it. It smells so strong. It takes my breath away. It makes my eyes burn. Uh, I can't imagine what, what that would do to the bees um, on the inside. Yeah. When you read the instructions there, and it talks about like the first three days losing 1,500 to 2,000 bees per day with possible queen loss and things like that. It's like, uh, I you don't know. It's a way, the pros and cons of every choice you make, and that's one choice. And that while we're young and getting our, you know, f- you know, feeling, or, you know, finding our way through all this, you know, it's, 
I don't know. It's, At this point in the season, if you felt like you could requeen, if you lost the queen to a might away strip, you might do it, maybe. Oh, yeah, and I could make a queen. That's no problem. But at, at this point in the season... You know, you can't predict the weather. We could go, you know, these few weeks with no rain, and then we could have two weeks of solid rain, you know, and you'd, you could not be able to, we not make, you know, enough yeah. queens or whatever. Or have queens and, or that have, are mated, and then you, I'm not sure if you saw it, maybe everyone out there watching might have seen the, the, the radar of all the dragonfly, uh, pockets to where it looked like thunderstorms across ohio but it was just big what do you call them bunches or swarms or so i guess gaggles swarms. i don't know gaggles of dragonflies <laughs> like can you imagine having a, a mating yard this late and you actually need those queens and you get dragonflies for like four days in a row like right at the time you have queens going off to get mated that'd be horrendous well so i mean you know like everything you have to weigh the risks to you know the reward of what you're doing so lean my way I, you're not in the picture as much as you should be i'm not no you they need to see your lovely face no they don't no don't do that i said lean towards me dingleberry i can't because my chair is in a fixed position here oh there we go lean meaning your oh, body lean. see you're smart. see your body oh okay, that's why you're the brains and i'm the back <sighs> so anyway so we're we're looking forward to getting the bees uh, we've had moments this week guys it's it's been long I feel like I'm been like brain dead, dazed and confused on that roof. Um, exactly. At this point in the season, I'm thinking about overwintering. Yep. So that's what I've been thinking about overwintering since July. Yeah, July 4th <laughs> is, is about when we start thinking about that. Because I'm sure a cup half empty kind of person, and Greg's very much a cup half full or always oh, full. Oh, that reminds me. I think we had a. So I, we, um, I've been telling him since like july okay we need to make sure we've got this this and this in place for the bee yard for winter and greg's like oh we're fine oh we're fine we just do things till august september and and now here we're in september and he's like i haven't been in the bee yard so because life happens and that's why i like to try to in my mind stay like prepared or something it just doesn't happen but still right it's nice to think that it is happening. We had a couple of bee, uh, bee questions. Oh, did we? It's probably a good time oh, to answer yeah, those. You, you know what? I wasn't, I'm just on the live thing, so you, you can check the any questions. Uh, so Rob, uh, Rob bought bees in uh, Queens. Uh, it was great to meet him. He's been out here. Uh, he asks, uh, not sure if you can make out the writing on the green box, but it's your queen in there, and this hive is packed full. Should I add another box or extract a frame or two? This is my first year with the five frame boxes, and I'm still a little confused. And thanks for the awesome queen. Rob, you're welcome. Thanks for uh, supporting our bee yard. He's got, looks like, three deeps that are stacked, uh, and he's looking to see. probably overwinter in five frame boxes. I love those colors, Rob. That's, that's, that's awesome. Cool, that? Yep. Um, it's packed full. Should I add another box or extract a framework? Are so they all five he, frame so deeps like or five Rob, frame mediums? stacked up three three deeps for me the idea of overwinning it in fives is to actually consolidate the bees into a single deep or a single deep with with one super over top and i know if there's any beekeepers listening they're probably thinking like what in the world are you talking about that's not enough you need 150 pounds and you need this and this and this there's something to be said about downsizing the colony to a smaller size uh, and they have less uh numbers to feed and so you need less resources um 
So, Rob, you're three deeps tall already, and you're looking to add another box. I don't wonder if you've thought about breaking those, breaking that down into two separate boxes, uh, getting another queen or making a queen. Uh, it's going to be hard to get one probably mated this late unless you are have a, a queen yard uh, that still has drones hanging around. Um, but when I uh, am talking about going into uh, the winter in fives, it's usually I'm breaking stuff down from like three and four eights. Uh, and I'm getting everything down into their own single five frame boxes with, with like a honey super on top. Um, or that sugar camp method where it's a two or three inch wood shim that I make and then a piece of newspaper and dry sugar on top as like an insurance policy. Um, so if you add another box, you definitely could. Uh, it, it's, I don't know if what, what configuration you have there. If you have two deeps that are full of brood and then the top is honey, I'd probably go about that a different way. If it is one brood box in the bottom deep, and then it's honey above there. I don't. I wouldn't think twice about harvesting honey off of that. I try to balance a frame of honey for per frame of bees. That seems to work out pretty good. Uh, so so a I think frame you, of honey per frame of bees. Yep. So in a box, you know, even in, in three boxes tall, not every single frame and every single box is going to be covered in bees. They, they might be in the brood chamber. And they might move up and down and be working and doing all the functions inside of the hive. Um, so for every brood frame, or where there's the highest concentration of bees, bees, okay, yeah, and that seems to work out pretty well for us. Um, you know, we we saw what minus nineteen or seventeen in the polar vortex. Ugh, it was cold. Um, yeah, we had goats lose the tips of their ears. It was so cold, silly cold. And the bees didn't. And the bees didn't care. So. I, that works for us. I'm not saying everyone should go out and, and, and winter their bees that way. I do remember, though, one of the first things when I was first getting on the bee chats, the fat bee man bee chats, yeah. one of the first questions I asked Don was what he would do different if he was beekeeping in Ohio. Uh, he said he'd move, okay? He said first thing to do is move, move to Georgia. Uh, <laughs> but second is he would overwinter in deeps, five-frame deeps, or five, so single boxes. Uh, and so you're thinking, whoa, that's that's pretty outrageous of an, yeah. of an idea. What, it seems to work pretty well for us, and it keeps the, it keeps the management down. What I noticed is all the hives that look the weakest, like right now, are the ones that do the best and overwinter the best and come out of the spring the best. It's, I think it has something to do with the size of the colony versus how much stores that they have and how fast that they actually deplete that. Um, and so we noticed that when we overwinter, like for, for instance, when we overwinter side by side, uh, splits made at the same time, same, uh, I would say, prolificness, um, same speed of hives, but in a different configuration where we've got uh, double eight frame medium boxes next to double five frame medium boxes, the eight frame boxes used twice as much honey and had the same size colony left in the spring as the five frame boxes do so the five frame boxes had the same amount of honey stores still left the same size colony without all the dead bees so if it tells you anything there's a there, there might be a certain size uh, cluster that works for your management in your bee yard yeah. uh, to where you number one you're wasting less honey to feed the bees that end up dying anyways and then number two you're, there's there's less bee mortality um, in that box so they're just having to the the eight frame they have to work harder to keep the cluster closer together in an eight frame box because there's more cold to surround or well, it seems like when you get a hive uh, so big that the 
the population in there has to feed so hard. There's so many more to feed. Right, and then they can they end up either starving or using up uh, all all of the honey. Um, versus for whatever reason, the five frame boxes, which keeps a cluster, you know, it's probably no bigger than, and and you know, and, and two five frame mediums, it's probably like a a cantaloupe or a little bit bigger uh-huh. of a cluster. Uh, and they do they I don't they seem to do pretty well. Last year we put all of our boxes we use migratory lids, so all the boxes kind of get squished together. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think that maybe it would help for a heat sink, but we used a floor camera. We didn't see any of that. We didn't see them sharing common walls. They were all in the center of each box, but I think it does help for a windbreak. So we'll, we'll, we'll try that again, see how that works. He'll probably see this on the live feed, but Josh actually is um, saying, I definitely wouldn't try to overwinter in three, eight frame deeps. Um, I'm starting to second guess my choice of overwintering double eight frame deep so yeah greg's yeah greg's greg's talking about that yeah that we had just as much success um yeah and josh is out in like uh central ish uh eastern central central eastern uh, pennsylvania uh rob Rob is up i think northeast or cleveland or northeast uh area uh i think so it's so cold but you know not that much different like lake effect stuff Uh, maybe well he he'll know but yeah i'm not real sure anyway you can always also talk to Greg Lee. I mean, you know, is this his only? Is this his only hives? I'm not sure. No, I think I think he's got quite. I think he's got quite a few hives actually. He he does real good with the bees. Um, so that's it's awesome. Just, there's just a, there's just a, a balance. You know, you you stack them too tall, you get too many bees in there. Yeah. Um, and then it, the, the, you know, balancing out how much feed they have gets really tricky. Yeah, and it that's seems true. Like it, it, it and if you if you do get them. high winds, if they're too high, you might worry about things yeah. getting knocked over. Who or, knows. Yeah. Weather. So, Rob, I don't, on that one, I don't know. I, if if you're if the bees are doing that well, well, number one, I'm glad that queen is doing that well. That's, That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, next year, you might, might think about making some splits later in the year um, to keep to get, get them a little bit smaller. So it, it's always a, you know you you can do so much when you understand the fundamentals and the biology of the bee, um, but like uh, what I try to do is get everything split and kind of looking ragged in like late June. To where they can build up just enough, to where they can go into the winter in that size that I want them to, yeah. rather than having everything so huge and humongous and looking impressive, and have to break those down. Yeah. But there's also a difference if you have production hives where you're making honey, yeah. versus um, hives that you're making bees. So how you kind of do those are a little bit different. I think Rob's making honey, so he wants to get as many bees into a colony as he possibly can, so yeah. they're on the verge of swarming, so they're 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 have more foragers and they have more uh, nectar. Um, opportunities. Um, so now, getting into the year, I would probably think about you know breaking them down uh, and maybe trying to find a queen for some of those to get them into a smaller size rather than having one ginormous hive. That's just maybe something to think about. Uh, so great question, Rob. Definitely let me know what you think of what, what you end up doing with that. Uh, see, Terry asks uh, how to tell if you have honey to harvest. Uh, if not, should I keep feeding them? So. The, as far as feeding them, you know, right now, um, when there's a good flow on, the bees aren't going to, they're not going to really take the sugar. Uh, we keep, mostly keep feed around on most of the year. Um, and the first part of the year, when there's a, a spring flow, they don't touch it. It sits on top of the hives, It's it, but no one really touches it. Maybe some of the nurse bees, that gets transported to them quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this time of the year, while goldenrod is on, they're going for that. 
right now the goldenrod is loaded full of bees uh they're bringing all that nectar in they're not going to fool with the sugar water now here in another two three weeks when the goldenrod starts to, to wane then you know definitely make sure we've got sugar on the hives um just in case um for for your, for Tara, your mom's her hive, uh, and and Jeremy Hills, his are about the same speed. There are nukes that we made at about the same time. They're yep. all doing real real close to the same. Um, they're strong enough to where you could probably pull a couple frames uh, of goldenrod honey off, spin that, and put them back, and let them fill it back out here in the next seven to ten days. Um, so it's it's how to tell if you have enough honey to spin. Well, if you look at the box, I mean, kind of balance the frame. Do we have a, a frame of honey for every frame of bees? If you have that, then you're already at the point to where you should be pretty decent. At least for us, we've been pretty decent going into the winter time. Right. Um, especially with the the dry sugar on top as an insurance policy. Right. Anything above uh, and beyond that, um, you could spin um, right. and make a make a, make a little honey pool there. But I would say little on bit, her, on her bit. hive, I would I would say you know let the goldenrod come in um if it fills out enough uh, and it's really strong to where we have to add like another honey super on then we could start pulling some but primarily all these new hives like hers jeremy's all the splits that we made they're not necessarily putting the sugar water capping it and using it as food stores they're using it as as the carbohydrates to sweat the wax to make the wax to build the foundation Right. And so now they've done all that work and the foundation is built. Everything is ready for the goldenrod to come in. So the timing's been perfect on that. So now all the goldenrod will come in um, and then all of our gallon pail feeders are empty. And so once the goldenrod wanes, we'll get the you know get the feed put back on the ones that need it. Yep. Um, and if, if they do want to store sugar water, some of those bees do, um, and they need it, then great. It's there. They can they can do what they want if, if they need it. Um, it's just a, it's a cheap insurance policy to kind of have on the hive. And I've always heard... Even I think, right when we started beekeeping, I've always heard that the first year, you um, wouldn't expect or shouldn't expect to take honey off, um, just because usually that's that's their like foundation year. That's the year where they're um, they're building that foundation. They're they're making the wax. They're um, so by the time they get to storing things, um, you you if you rob too much of it, then. You're take you're you're rolling the dice on whether or not your bees live, and I think we've always rolled and said we'd rather have living bees. We've been and a little more conservative with how much honey we, we yeah we pull off. Yeah, um, I mean last we, year how seen, much did we get? Uh, oh no, that wasn't last year. That was the year before. The year before, all of our bees died, so we got all the honey from them. Right. But you know, d- dead bees that kind of stinks. So it's not that I do- I don't want honey. It's that. You know, it's dead bees, and then you have to start all over again, and then you're at square one. You know, you're back to square one again. So, like outside of animal husbandry, if you look at it, greedy. if you look at it from a financial standpoint, right? We were totally in the black, even with all the bees dying, just from the wax and honey. Yeah, so but, not having to buy honey, and because I completely act like we are in either a depression era, you know, and we need to store honey for the rest of our lives, and so I hoard it um and so you know that that's how i am and you know it's like that and bacon you know we'll run out don't eat it you know kind of thing um yeah. but yeah so it 
maybe I, I'm a little bit more greedy with things like that. And but I also would rather not have to buy bees again the next year if I could hold off and not, you know. Looking spend. at it from a monetary standpoint, you know, if you if they keep the bees alive and they come out of spring, you can split them three or four times. Right. You know, and times two hundred bucks a split. That versus the the price of honey, you can really start to r- real quickly see the value and trying to keep them alive to where, you know, if you pull off you know forty pounds of honey. Um, 40 pounds of honey, let's say, at, at, to keep the math simple, $10 a pound is $400 in honey you might pull off. Right. If you make three splits, they're $600. So well, and, and also, again, it's the goals. So you have to look at your goals. Are your goals to have had honey by, by the first year? Are your goals to keep making more bees and having more hives so that you can have more honey? You know, where... where What's, yeah. To, to roll the dice and say, you know, you want this or that. Everything like on the homestead is always about context and scale and, and goals. And, you know, you can take a package of bees and you can you can totally make honey same year with it. And sometimes you can totally make honey with it and keep them alive. So why don't I have more honey? Because I got <laughs> a little ambitious uh, to where I used all that honey to make splits. So you had, we, had, we, we used the honey to make a bunch more bees rather Boo. than just put honey in buckets. I could have honey-coated everything and I don't honey look, on thumbs everything. down, burns. Honey at all. Well, we'll Where's see. Where's my thumbs down on this? I got to no. do a little better this coming year on making sure we have plenty of production <laughs> highs for honey <laughs> just so I can keep mama happy. I, okay, so. Well, you can't see the mead shelf up here. But the I'm, goals probably, versus the goals of the wife versus the goals of the husband, the one that, the okay so you know i wanted i had several hives that i had my eye on and then he took from those ones when i wasn't looking and slowed them down so yeah, if yeah. i don't get honey this year y'all are gonna you get in the zone in the bee yard and it's just one big thing and you just start pulling and next thing you know you just robbed your wife's honey hives to make splits not cool not cool so i'll, I'll do better this spring make sure you've got honey hives that i don't touch um, so do can, I have to make my own bee yard? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. If that happens, we're in trouble. You're in trouble. Right. So, okay. So, so bees are doing great. So bees are doing great. I think. They look great from the roof. They look great from the siding. Yeah. So I got to um, get in there and so take the a look. So the south side of the house. See what's going on. Which is on. the side of the house that faces, if you're not in front of the camper. It's but we're already in uh, planning mode for next year because we got to get them um, set up. Yeah. We're going to be planning the bee run uh, for the spring here soon. We're, we're selling queens um, and selling nukes. Uh, <gasps> great bee run 2020. Right. We're going to make we're gonna make beekeeping great again. Again. Not to be seen on 2020. Is that show you the year twenty twenty? I think it is, but we don't we don't get cable or we don't get like um. I think it's called cable. Is it called cable? Okay. Anyway, um, we don't get like you know the local channels. So um, we live in a valley that doesn't get the cell phone or not cell phone cell phone reception too. We don't get that either. Um, we live in a valley, and so you know the towers shoot over. And we don't get any of that because we live down here and, you know, the tower shoots all the fun fun signals up here. So we don't get anything. Um, we do have a phone line down here in the holler. We do have And that's a where we get our internets. Phone line and we get our internets that and way. And I'm really yes. surprised that uh, we're still being able to stream. Yeah, look. Okay, I think we're so. If it's red, it means we're live. So I mean, right. look how yuppie we are. We've got 
this this one is on the Wi-Fi's. Your phone is on the Wi-Fi's. The computer right there is on the Wi-Fi's. And we have to. I can to hear the kids upstairs. They're working. on. They're watching something on the Wi-Fi's. Yeah, to have our cell phones workable, where we can get phone calls, we have to be on our Wi-Fi because of our horrible signal. Um, so, unless you know, I wear tinfoil and all that on my head, I, we don't get anything. So. Um, well, one, there's the. Probably the last thing we should talk about and then get off here. Yeah, is so you guys can all go to bed. I turn into a pumpkin at like 10. So what time is it? I don't this? even know. I'm not sure if this is a good idea. I'm already idea ugly. Do I don't need to, to turn do it orange. This late. It's, it's, it's been pretty late there, but. Uh, yeah, it is getting late. I, I, turn, so I told Liz I turn into a pumpkin at 10. That's uh, a, an update on the addition where we're on with that. The, okay. Almost, almost all the Second cows are gone. Second side exciting. All the pigs are gone. Yep. Um, pigs are gone. We're getting ready. To, we're, we'll soon we'll be completely critterless for the winter time, other than you know, like chickens and layers that kind of stuff. Yep. Sugar the goat, she might go too. I don't know. She might go and visit her sister. Yeah, she might. She go might with not. Her sister. I don't know. Um, we'll see. But anyway, uh, she she's pretty easy to keep anywhere we want her anyhow. And, we've been and she can clean my garden. Ridiculously busy with the addition. Oh, we've been so busy that we got a new toy. For the farm oh, that we haven't got to spend yeah, a whole you almost lot of time talk about that. Yep. Okay. So we, the shiny red toy that's sh- not shiny it's anymore. It's not really a toy, is it? It's pretty yuppie. I mean, it's not a 1965 John Don't Deere 3020. Don't be offensive. Don't be offensive. I mean, it's got bells and whistles. It does. So what this tractor has that our old tractor did not have is oh, the capability to start immediately. A key that turns it and starts it. <laughs> don't so need a screwdriver to start you it. You don't need a screwdriver to start this tractor. Don't need to pull all the plugs and clean all the... But up. we have to tell the funny story because he doesn't need a screwdriver oh. to start the tractor. What did you do? Oh. Tell the story because okay. you well, might not up. be the let's only person that ever did this. Bit. Okay, so finally we, did, we decided we've been kicking it around this can down the road for a, for a while to where we finally decided that... with. To have a, a tractor on the farm that's not as big as our 70-horsepower tractor, yeah. something that was four-wheel drive, uh, that was smaller, that we can get in and out of the woods, um, we can take care of the driveway, clean up snow, snow uh, move, all things that need moved constantly. And let's be honest here, the the tractor that we've had that was free and clear, it has, you know, we own, it, it didn't owe us anything. But it was only able to be used by you. It, I mean, those old tractors can be a little dangerous. Well, and, no, and no, it, no. I mean, I've seen plenty of people on old tractors that, you know, I'm sure wasn't the only owner. What I'm trying to say is this tractor, other than the one emergency situation where I had to to press a pedal oh, gosh. quickly. Drag to get, us in a trailer with, with three ton of feed up a driveway. Yeah. That so, was fun. The one and only time I ever was on that tractor driving it solo. Um, and every other time, you had to be home and you had to start it. You knew all the little quirks and There's intricacies. There's little nuances on an old machine like that. Yeah. So, t- to to put that in perspective, the tractor didn't know us anything. It was owned free and clear. It was a barter. Um, so we owned it, and and it was great. It, it it served its purpose. It did everything that we could have asked for it to do, but you were the only one that could use it. So if Safely, it snowed yeah. when right. you were gone, we were snowed in. 
um, sorry, kids, no milk. Sorry, kids, no whatever. You know, like I always had like the emergency bread machine ready to go in case we were stuck, you know, in the house, hoping that we still had power. Um, so things like that, like we could not use it. Nobody else could use it but Greg. And so that kind of put a damper on, could I help with things or could Jacob or Nathan help with things? You have older kids and you're like, hey, you could be doing something. It's like, like regular, you know, maintenance stuff. That yeah. It's hard to explain that need done on a regular basis. Like... A lot of our areas look very uh, unmaintained, wild, very unmaintained. Mm. So when you have trespassers saying we don't think anybody lives here because it looks abandoned, it's because you don't have a tractor that's run all year this year. And that's, I think, when Greg kind of pulled the plug and said, okay, we had trespassers for the third time this year because nobody thinks we live here. We don't live at the farm, but nobody thinks that anybody lives here because it looks so unmaintained. And so um, I think it, it kind of... Has nothing to do with the 10-foot weeds and shipping container. Has nothing to do with that kind of a vibe <laughs> going on. And we have no there. pigs to feed trespassers to anymore. So That's true. Please don't come on my land. <laughs> right. We had a, I shouldn't we have had said a, that a, live a, on We Facebook. had a fun trespassing sign show up uh, that said something like, uh, due to the increased price of ammunition, warning shots won't be fired. Right. Or what was the funniest one? Uh, let's see. Prayer is the is the best way. Prayer is the best way to get to heaven. Trespassing's the fastest. Yeah, there. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, that's and and our driveway says I don't call nine one one and has a handgun. It's not because we want to flaunt our ability to shoot well, but we can. It's the fact that I don't want people on my property that don't belong there. If I didn't invite you don't come on to my land. And we've had several instances where people were either coming on and wanting to do illegal things, um, teenage-wise, or they were just coming and doing stupid things. And, well, legal in most states these days, it seems like. Well, it might have been legal in some states. But anyway, I didn't want them doing it on my property. That They'd trip into the hog, you know, and, well, you and then their, par- they, you know, their they, parents they didn't would sue me here. because they were on my land when they shouldn't have been. So anyway, the point was we were kind of we had hit our point where Greg finally was like, "Okay, we know we need this because I'm the only one that can use the other one. The other one's been broken all summer long, all all year long this year, and we haven't been able to fix it. So we got the shiny new red one." And. If, if folks know us well enough to know, we spend a lot of time at Rural King. Yes. Uh, Greg likes the free popcorn, even though it's not keto. No, it, it's not. And and the kids like the free popcorn. It's Rural King. It's, the, happy, it's, it's the happiest place on earth. Matter of fact, we got, we got a uh, call from the Wiseman's. Um, yeah, Eric and Stephanie. Because they were at Rural King. Yeah. Uh, and Rural King uh, was worried that the folks would, or would be getting stung by the bees that were buzzing around the entrance there. Well, it turns out, uh, there were a bunch of bees uh, buzzing the barrels that they have for sale. Those big, um, big, big metal, fifty-five gallon metal metal we barrels. We use them as burn barrels, burn, but yeah, some people burn, I don't know what else they use. The or, yeah. Yep. And so, um, so I went there to check it out just to make sure, see if anything I could do. So the well, uh, Stephanie they, called me and said, "Hey, yeah. they want to spray these bees and kill them because they're afraid somebody's going to get stung. Do you think Greg can do anything?" 
And so I called Greg and said, hey, I don't know if this is a swarm. It doesn't sound like it. It's, I just think it's bees that are foraging. Foraging, And this is what they found to forage on in the middle of the city in Zanesville. So we had a bale spare to pick up that was in anyway. So yeah. ran over there and, and, and looked. And sure enough, there was just a, a bunch of bees um, feeding inside of the barrels. And it was kind of funny because... Like what in the world are these bees feeding on inside of these metal That's barrels? What I like what are they trying and to so eat? And so I look, I turn, I turn the barrel and look at the side, and it says "product of Argentina, honey." I'm like, God, oh, get out of here! So imagine, imagine. Did you that. bring your spatula? Well, I tasted it because it was like dried up stuff in there, and the bees were on it. I figured it couldn't have been too bad, so I tasted it. Thinking, oh, get out of here! And then I looked at the sign. So what we did is we moved all those barrels that had all the bees in it to the back side of the building. So they could get all the rest of the honey cleaned out, you know, safely away from everybody. Did they help you? You wins. did that yourself. I moved. Yeah, I put so them in the back of the truck. So good Samaritan move. Yeah, well, he put them in the back of his it's truck. There's only a few hundred bees, but there's no sense having them sprayed. Um, you know, For they're no not. Reason. They're not, not going to hurt anybody. Not only that, but then you've got toxic chemicals in the barrel that somebody might be silly enough to put food or something in i don't know what people store in those we use them as burn barrels but people could be prepping or i don't well, know if anything i it, i felt you know like i did did a good deed for the day and, and got, i'm glad got the, the wise called us and said hey heads up yeah so big thanks there, to them yeah you know, they're the ones that saved the bees we just yeah. moved the barrels they you know had they had if they hadn't called us they would have been those bees would have been you know dead so yeah you know, and the thing about it is, they get sprayed if they happen to make it back to their hive uh, before they die. They're bringing that stuff into their. I mean, so it's it, it's it's ugly, and you know, everyone wants to save the bees. And it could have been somebody's Whether hive. Whether they need saved, or we just need to do a better job of not trying to, you know, be so rough on them. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so we're always at Royal King. Yeah. I love the place. Well, Royal King has had these tractors, and they've had them for years. And every time I go by, I see them, and I swear they call. It's like a siren song. And I'm thinking, no, no. Well, I got, to, I actually got to looking at them and pulled the specs on them. Uh, and the same manufacturer who makes all the engines for Deer and Kubota uh, and Branson uh, are making the motors that are in the RK machines. And it's Yanmar. They have Yanmar diesels. It's the same engine in the in the RK model that's in the Deer. And I thought, oh man, that's pretty good. Well, I started looking at the warranties and the the Royal King warranty. Which is, it's a TYM is is the brand name. Of, of the Royal King tractor. TYM has an eight-year warranty, with no strings attached, no out-of-pocket expenses, no nothing. Uh, where And John Deere was like three-year and six-year with all kinds of strings attached. So I'm thinking, man, not only that, you know, it's a the same diesel motor, has a better warranty, uh, and it comes standard with all these uh, extra features that you like pay my even wife more can drive for. it. Yeah, and so we got a nice little uh, RK37, 37.5 horsepower uh, motor. It's half, half the size of, of the big deer. Yep. Four-wheel drive. Uh, it has some yuppie stuff. It has a cab. Okay, so just to be fair, that's not something Greg wanted, but we I do live with a husband that um, likes to accumulate lots of resources. Aha, uh-huh. you know, she didn't say junk collect. Or hoard. Junk collect and <laughs> Resource hoard. Resource. See, I, so like, I like you. He, was, I'd marry he you twice. has accumulated so many resources that his workshop is full and has been full for a long time. And this tractor would not have been parked underneath that. When you're paying for a tractor, you have a payment on anything. I think it's important to take good care of it. Um, we own our, our quad outright, and every winter, I 
you know, you're chipping to get the key in so that you can go over and check whatever, the cows or the water or chisel water, you know, and it's one of those things where you get to the point where you've got to take care of the items that you have and... Um, especially when it's a car payment. When there's a payment involved, yeah. especially. Um and you should take care of them when there's no payment involved. But still, we don't have the room. We we're not. We don't have the time or the energy to build a building to put this tractor under. So I said, hey, pay a little extra and get the cat put on it. Then you don't get ice and snow and rain and, and all the Ohio weather inside this thing. You don't have to carry a trash bag out to put over the seat. You don't to have, have to carry a trash bag out. On there. To get on a dry seat so that your butt is not completely wet when you're done doing whatever you need to do. Not only that, but you could be doing things in the middle of a snowstorm if you had to. Like digging your wife out so she can go and get food for your family. And oh, so... You act like you don't live on a homestead and have shelves and shelves full of stored I do, jarred food. And I don't have... Are you, are you pulling that like freak out milk and bread thing because of storms? I think if folks, folks, if they don't know you, they they know that you'd like those situations where the lights go out and we're a little house on the prairie for real. We do love that until the, you the, can't the flush your toilet come, and you have nine Mama people in your house. In. So when you can't flush your toilet and you have nine people and all of a sudden like four of them need to poop, I know T, you know TMI, but still. That happens. That for reals happens. It happened this summer, just a few weeks ago. The I guess power we need to work went on out water for no then, don't reason. Yeah. No reason, people. And like three of the kids had to go number two. I'm thinking, why is it just now happening that you all have to go to the bathroom at the same time and I can't flush the toilet? So and there's no exhaust fan. So ugh, it was hot. And so um, it just makes you say like, hey. I need to be able to get out of the house when I need to be able to get out of the house. And yes, I like Little House on the Prairie, but that doesn't mean that I don't like to flush a toilet. I think you too. just like to go on as many Aldi's runs as you possibly can. Snowstorm, rainstorm, windstorm, okay? sunstorm. There's nothing wrong with that. Leave Aldi's out of this. So the tractor's got some yuppie stuff on it. And when it she does. when she said, "Okay, get, get the tractor," but you have to get a cab. Well, I started looking at it, and it wasn't that much more for the cab. It adds a little extra weight, which is kind of handy. Um, and it has all kinds of fun safety things like lights. A lot of extra light, yeah, front and re- extra front and rear lights, and yep. Uh, it's got Bluetooth stuff. Like I don't know who listens to a radio when they do stuff on a tractor. I guess I do now. Yeah. But, Why not? But anyway, so it's a nice, nice little tractor. I've, I've loved it. Uh, you've been, you've been super busy bush hogging and all that. We've got all the attachments with it. He says I've been super busy. I've been, I was on that thing for like forty minutes. You got like miles and miles of grass cut, like My- not grass, weeds and nasty stuff. Uh, Jake and I were using the the grapple, and you can, you know, the, the grapple lifts like. 2200 pounds and so it's it's stout enough to where you actually can, you can grab an autumn olive and just pluck it right Pop out of the ground right roots and all go put it in a big burn pile um, who does that right? i mean it just, it's so handy all the things that we can do we've never there. had a grapple so let's just say that's new that's a fun that's a fun it's, part of it's this. real cool because you can grab and i've I, I i pulled a locust log it was uh 16 foot long uh and it was as big around as oh probably 20 inches 22 inches in diameter 
uh, and it's black locust, so it weighs an enormous amount. It yeah. just I just lifted it right up, moved it like it was nothing. So it'd be handy to be able, you know pick up logs, put them in a pile, and then also grab them, lift them up, and then start cutting your rounds off when you're making firewood. That that ought to be pretty handy too. Uh, brush clearing, all the stuff that needs done that looks terrible in places that have been neglected and left, or we've, we've you know done some logging and things where you have heads and branches and things laying. You can do, just quickly clean things up. Um, the fun thing is, is that little 37 horsepower tractor does everything the 70 horse deer has done. Uh, I run a six foot bush hog off the back, no problem. We got a six I foot. I scalp b- with the six foot bush hog. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't bog the motor down. Uh, what a six foot box blade to get the driveway cleaned up, dragging it uphill, up our hill, no problem. If anybody's been on our driveway, that hill is. It's special. It is special. So when. The one day you have to leave the house every week when you've committed to go to co-op and socialize your kids. Um, and there's always a snowstorm on Sunday night. And you can't get down your driveway unless you like skiing in a passenger van. So you don't go anywhere. And I've told people before, uh, we don't go unless we're putting skis on the van and hope we don't go over to the other side of the ravine. Um, it's for real. And the driveway is could be treacherous and i mean it's beautiful and it's not it's worth never been so it's, nice. it's not yeah it's so nice it's it's nice and solid now um there's a lot of loose stuff everywhere and you know many a oh tire tread has been ruined <laughs> so we, we we you know we invested in this uh tractor everything from from uh gardening and farming and all the stuff that we do it's gonna it it has already been significant and and saving us a bunch of time yeah we have um, which, five which years really nice. of well since we moved here we've had we have four years of and it isn't like a new tractor it's fun downed logs and trees we had a tree just snap right in front of my eyes i walked down the driveway to take trash down and just came down and you wouldn't right let, it, you wouldn't let me get the tractor and drag it out you had to be a muscle woman and drag it out by hand and get I it did. off the road i drug it by hand um, but it was dead already, so so don't be surprised ready. if you s- start seeing a bunch more uh, tractor love uh, photos because that thing is just it's so powerful. I cannot believe uh, something that compact is so powerful. It's I'm 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 really loving it. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to get all the things done, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but uh, looking forward to spending some more time. I think we've got uh, 18 hours on that thing already. So I think 50 hours is our first really set of maintenance kind of a thing. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna stay busy around here. Get this addition moved on. Get the rest of these critters uh, to where they're gonna go, which is not here for the winter time. Uh, check up on the bees. Maybe spend some honey, um, and just keep on keeping on. So uh, if you've made it this long, thanks for watching. I haven't been the oh, best about looking here uh, and and following up uh, on what's going on, but. Uh, this will also post uh, on all the podcast places that yep. are the, the, the episodes are. So it's kind of like a bonus. It's like a Facebook video, and then the the uh, podcast episode will come out probably on about a week or so. Um, but uh, it was I think it was kind of fun just sitting here and be able, be able to kind of interact on the podcast. I don't know. You have it's to tell cool. us if you thought this was fun. If we 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 enjoyed it because. Hey, we've had how much time by ourselves uninterrupted downstairs talking? And that doesn't, I mean, other than saying, hand me another piece of siding or nail that in or that looks bad or that looks good or 
I'm sweaty and I'm hot and I'm hungry, or I might pass out, let me get off the roof. We've had not a lot of one-on-one conversation, so this was fun. Adult, uninter- <laughs> uninter- what do you call it, uninterrupted adult conversation? Yeah, so, so let us know if you liked it. So until next time, be the lighthouse. Be the change. Keep it contrary. Keep it contrary. <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next time. Night, guys. Now we got to figure out how to turn it off. I don't know. What's this button do? What's this button do? Oh, that. What does that button do? Bye. I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Ha, ha, ha. Good night, Seattle. Good <laughs> night.